Hello everyone, welcome to my channel. My name is Federico and this is Wilson Fire. And here again with another podcast. Welcome everyone, I'm glad to see you back. I'm glad to be doing another podcast. This time we are going to be talking about, as you may know, the Hungarian Grand Prix. Yesterday the race was a very intense one. I would say it was a very historic one as well. So definitely there's a lot to talk about. So that's why we should start. So first of all, we have to talk about the big list of DNF. There were a total of six. But first, well, the, the first one was actually from the Aston Martin driver Lance Stroll. He started 12th on the grid and, well, he had to retire during that first lap drama. The reason why he had to retire was because he because seeing the accident caused by between many drivers, he tried to overtake from the inside, went to the grass, of course, lost control of the car and then hit Charles Leclerc. And that was a moment where he had no opportunity at all to continue. And the same thing happens with, as I mentioned, with Charles Leclerc. He started seventh on the grid, had a good start, but unfortunately, after he did the first turn, which is a tricky one, to be honest, especially at the start, he got hit by Lance Stroll. From out of nowhere, really, he wasn't expecting it, and he got completely angry about it. And it's understandable because many points that were lost for him and for Ferrari, and, and yes, after all, there could have been a, a strong possibility after that strong start that he, get, that he got. And also, Sergio Perez got the DNF. He, this time it is a shame because he started fourth on the grid. He had a, a good start as well. But unfortunately, he was involved in this uh, chaos. You know, Bottas actually had a really bad start. He crushed Lando Norris. Then Lando Norris crushed Verstappen. And also Bottas crushed Sergio Perez. So you see how big of a mess it was. That's why he had no, no other chance to, than to retire the car. That's all. And yes, I have to mention Badger Bottas. He started second on the grid. And I'm not, of course, I'm not going to say this in, a, in the bad way, but he was the one who actually caused the whole first lap drama by crushing uh, Lando Norris. Surprisingly, he had a really, really bad start, similar to the one last year in similar conditions with a little bit of rain, uh, with intermediate tires, starting in that same position. And that bad start actually uh, had big consequences, big consequences for him and for the other drivers. In fact, for the next race, and this is also that this is something that will also happen to Lance Stroll that I forgot to mention, that in the next race, both Lance Stroll and Valtteri Bottas will get a five-place grid penalty for the incidents that, that happened today, that happened yesterday, sorry, at the, at, the, at the race. Remember, the next race is in three weeks after the summer break at Spa-Francorchamps in Belgium. And finally, well, finally not, sorry, it's Lance of this whole lap drama, Lando Norris, yes, he started six on the grid, but scratched him at the first lap and he returned the car during the red flag, but he had no, no opportunity. The car was too damaged. And unfortunately, he retires for the first time this season. He doesn't score points for the first time in the season. And remember that last week we were talking about, uh, in the last podcast, we were talking about this record that, that he had of uh, 15 races in a row scoring points, becoming the McLaren driver with most uh, races scoring points. Well, this time, unfortunately, that, that, that streak comes to an end. 
And the sixth and last DNF was for Nikita Mazepin. He started 19th on the grid and crashed. It wasn't his fault, really. Kimi Raikkonen uh, came out of the pit stop and crashed with with Nikita Mazepin during that 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 pit stop that was caused after the the red flag, uh, where all the drivers except for Lewis Hamilton went into the pits. So this was the reason why actually uh, Nikita Mazepin crashed. He then had no opportunity at all. And in last position, 14th place, we have Antonio Givinazzi starting from that same position as well. And I would say that he was unlucky, really, because he received a 10-second stop-and-go penalty after speeding on the pit lane. This happened actually before the race even started, because what he did was to change the tires. He started with the, with the if I'm not wrong, with the medium tires, and then he had to change it for the intermediate tires, as he saw that the track was pretty wet then he had to change it back but yes uh, this penalty clearly came was completely negative for him because he had no opportunity he was far away from from the rest really even his teammate and then ahead of him in 13th position Mick Schumacher and he had a pretty good race first of all considering the fact that he started last as he couldn't compete during the qualifying session because he crushed earlier that day during the practice three but why am I saying that he had a really good race? Well, that's because he finished not so far behind the rest, but also because he was always fighting for for a few positions, you know, with other drivers like Kimi Raikkonen, Max Verstappen, Daniel Ricciardo, George Russell, to name a few. And from time to time, he was inside the top 10, which, which was very interesting. He was able to stay in the top 10 for a few laps, which is quite surprising considering the car he has and something that clearly no one was expecting. And yes, he finished quite uh, far away, far behind the, the top 10, but closer than ever, probably. So that's why that's something that I have to that I have to say it was interesting from him. And the McLaren driver, Daniel Ricciardo, finished ahead in P12 after starting 11th on the grid, once again getting knocked out of Q2 by just 80 milliseconds, nothing. But well, he had really bad luck because even though he he could continue during the race, uh, after Lance Stroll crashed uh, against Charles Leclerc, they also made contact with Daniel Ricciardo. He spun, and unfortunately, he could continue in the race. That's a good news. He had he had opportunities to get inside the points and everything, uh, but the problem is that he had floor damage, and clearly the condition of the car wasn't wasn't a hundred percent. To, in order to to continue and get the good performance that he was expecting, that probably uh, most were expecting. That clearly didn't happen, and he wasn't the only one. But Kimi Raikkonen finished ahead in P11 after starting 13th on the grid. Quite impressive considering the fact that he got a, a, th that penalty, that 10-second stop-and-go penalty for the incident with Nikita Mazepin. It is, it is a shame, really, because if not, maybe he could have gotten a... A better result. Max Verstappen finished in P10 after starting third on the grid and by this result you could say oh how horrible that was but yes he had floor damage from the first lap so the fact that he could continue the race was incredible and I think that point that he got uh, during the race will be not only that was pr practically a miracle but will be a very important point by the end of the season, and, I, and I'm sure that we will remember, considering how close Hamilton and Verstappen are in the championship, I think that we are going to re we are definitely going to remember this race, and we are going to remember this specific point 
for something. Maybe I could be wrong, but it could be very exciting if this point, uh, if this, uh, if this point makes actually a difference. And now this is historic because the two Williams finished ahead of Max Verstappen, George Russell in 9th position and Nicolas Latifi in 8th after starting 17th and 18th on the grid respectively. Ah, uh, what can I tell you really? Incredible. George Russell getting his first points with Williams, equaling his best results at the Sakir Grand Prix with Mercedes. Uh, he even got emotional at the interview because he knows how hard this was that they were looking forward to this. Uh, Nicolas Latifi on the other hand getting getting his first points uh, in Formula 1 um, and what can I tell you, it is, it is interesting, the, the first point since Hockenheim in 2019, uh, two years in the making in order to get at least one point and the first time that Williams finished in double points since the Monza Grand Prix of 2018, almost three years since that happened. Honestly, let's hope that this is the beginning of something great for Williams. Let's hope so. They are still far away from what they used to be. I'm not talking about their historic era, but I'm talking about maybe a few years ago, 2017, 18. They are far away from it. I know it. But you never know. You, you just never know. And maybe there's a possibility for them to actually um, increase their performance and and try to be as, be as better as they can. Now they are 8th in the Constructors' Championship, their best result in years, so I guess that's a good way to start. And ahead of the Williams are the Alpha Tauri drivers, 7th position for Yuki Tsunoda and 6th position for Pierre Gasly. Yuki Tsunoda on the one hand was knocked out of Q1 once again, starting 16th on the grid, but he was one of the drivers who got a big benefit from the crash uh, at the first lap. He put himself into P5. In the end, he couldn't keep that rhythm and he finished quite behind his teammate. But I guess P7 inside the race is a really good result. And yes, Pierre Gasly finished P6 after starting fifth on the grid. He also got the fastest lap of the race by the end, by the last lap, lap 70. And it was a strong race. I know that he wanted more and that he could have gotten more. But considering that he was involved in the first lap, wasn't his fault, but anyway, he was involved. Uh, the fact that the, the team could recover the car in, during the red flag and he made that recovery, well, I guess that's, that's extremely interesting, uh, after all. And that's all about, really, and I guess these points are really important for Alpha Tauri. And then, in fifth position, the driver of the day, that's right, the man who turned 40 years old a few days ago, Fernando Alonso. He started ninth on the grid, and what can I tell you? I made an Instagram post about it. It was incredible, the race from Alonso. On the one hand, getting his best position, his best finish since, uh, since a few, for a few years, really. I think it is his best finish since 2014, if I'm not wrong. But what is, what is interesting about him is the fact that he defended and he kept Lewis Hamilton behind for more than 10 laps. And those defensive moves we're just out of this world, we're incredible, which with worse tires, with a worse car, just incredible. He showed why he's one of the best drivers in the history of Formula One, why he's a, a two-times world champion, and why we missed this Fernando Alonso, why we missed him for so long, and after all, that he's a really important part in Formula One, in his team Alpine, 
just excellent. All, all that I can say from Fernando Alonso is excellent. And let's hope that this is the start of something, of even better results. I mean, he's having a really good season so far. But if he can get, if he can be even better, if he can get much more confidence, that could be even better, uh, honestly. And and the fact that thanks to him and his defensive moves, first of all, increased a lot the 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 quality of the race. But also thanks to him, the team actually got an amazing achievement of winning the race, thanks to him. So that's why I think he deserves to be mentioned, and I think he deserves to be, of course, called the driver of the day. And then Carlos Sainz finished in fourth position after starting 15th on the grid when he crashed uh, during the end of Q2. And yes, he was really close to the podium. He was extremely close, but he was overtaking a few laps uh, before the end, uh, which was quite predictable because he even had worse tires than Lewis Hamilton. But yes, as he said, considering the fact that he started from, from that position after the crash and that the team could recover the car, well, it was a pretty decent race, and those points, uh, those um, 12 points that he got uh, are going to be extremely important for the Constructors' Championship. Now Ferrari is tied up with, Merce with McLaren with 163 points, so definitely those points are really important. And Lewis Hamilton finished in third position after starting in pole. Um, Impressive, impressive performance from Hamilton after the mistake that the team made because after the red flag during the restart, the track got dried and, and all, the, all the teams uh, told their drivers to come in and change for hard tires. Um, yeah, most of them actually changed for hard tires, but I was going to say dry tires. And Hamilton was the only one who, who was actually making the restart, uh, the, the classic standing start, which is going to be a meme and it's going to be historic. Because the fact that he started alone is just hilarious. And I remember the, the US Grand Prix of 2005 that only six cars started. And that, was, that is still very historic and it is remembered as something really controversial. Now, clearly, with Hamilton, it is not going to be remembered as something controversial, of course. But it's going to be remembered as something really funny. And, but yes, after that mistake, he recovered from the back of the grid. Um, and yes, he was, I think that one, one or two more laps and he could have won the race. And of course, if it wasn't for Alonso, he clearly would have won the race. That's for sure. But in the end, he didn't. And now he's eight points ahead in the Drivers' Championship against Max Verstappen. Great recovery in just two races. And initially, Sebastian Vettel finished in second place after starting 10th on the grid. He did an amazing race. He was... Second, well, he was second practically all the race after an amazing start, and and yes, he was very close of the of the victory, less than a second in that range. Uh, in the end, he couldn't win the race, but anyway, what a, what an amazing what an amazing race, uh, great performance, and definitely something good for Aston Martin. But the problem is that after the raid, uh, after the race, he got disqualified. Unfortunately, that's something that all the fans are quite disappointed, but he got disqualified because his car contained insufficient fuel at the end of the race. Uh, this is, was informed by the FIA after the race. So yeah, he, he got disqualified, lost all the points for him, for Aston Martin. A shame, really, something completely negative for them. But this means that every driver who finished the race 
will advance one position. What, what does it mean? That Hamilton, for example, finished in third position? Well, he now finishes in second. Sainz, for example, got his first, uh, his first, sorry, after finishing P3, after this disqualification, then he gets his second podium for Ferrari. So, more points for many drivers, but less points for Vettel and Aston Martin, which is a shame because, because of the race that he had. At least, he could enjoy the podium. And now, this is what is truly historical, because we have a new Formula 1 Grand Prix winner, and that is the Alpine driver of Esteban Ocon. After starting 8th on the grid, he did amazing. He led 65 laps in total, kept his head down, um, he had a wonderful start, uh, placing himself from 8th to 2nd place, and just incredible. Just incredible what he did. I know that he won thanks to his teammate Alonso, and that's the true definition of teamwork, but truly awesome. He got so, the team got so excited about him. He also got so excited. And considering everything that he went through over the past few years, uh, when in 2019 he couldn't participate, he was out of Formula One, then he returned in 2020, that even though he got a podium, a P2 in the Secure Grand Prix, still it was quite a disappointing season for him. Uh, and now he was having a disappointing season, but then after winning the race, what can I tell you? Uh, everything changed, and I'm sure this is going to boost his confidence a lot. Let's hope that in the following race he can get a... I'm, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty difficult for him to get a similar result, especially if the context is different, because we, we saw all the DNF from important teams, important drivers who usually finish in, finish in front of him. But this time... He he took advantage of the context of the of the context of what happened at the first lap, as we explained before, and thanks to it, he finished first in this Hungarian Grand Prix. And what a way for him to finish the first half of the season and to head into the summer break. And also for the Alpine, who are now in fifth position in the constructors' championship, definitely getting a lot of points. The team of the day for sure. And this was the Hungarian Grand Prix. What a historic Grand Prix, honestly. I would, I would give it a 10. I got, it was extremely exciting from the beginning till the end. Many historic moments. Um, I think it is going to be remembered as one of the best races of the season and also as one of the races in the history, probably. Uh, a little bit of controversy at the beginning as well. Very exciting overtakes. Uh, the, those defensive moves from Alonso and new winners so clearly completely unpredictable results from those drivers who had to retire at the beginning to the ones who actually won uh, the double points from the Williams and many many other things that made this Grand Prix truly historical and now the drivers for the battle for the drivers and constructors championship is getting more intense than ever Mercedes are back ahead once again in both championships but this is not the end because there's still a lot left as their Red Bull are still uh, really close, even though they weren't expecting to finish the, the first half of the season this way. And now there is, uh, as everyone knows, summer break, three weeks without a Formula One race. They are re going to return the weekend of the 29th of August for the, for the Belgium Grand Prix, the classic and historical and the uh, historic uh, Spa-Francorchamps Grand Prix, usually one of the fastest and best circuits in the history of Formula One. We all know that for sure. And I'm sure that we can see, we can really see something very interesting, honestly. But what an interesting ending 
to this first half of the season. So, well, this was the end of the podcast. Once again, with another race. Uh, remember that in the next few days, during this week, I'm also going to upload another podcast. Uh, similar, actually. Talking a little bit more about the Hungarian Grand Prix. I think there are a lot of things left. Similar to the Silverstone Grand Prix. So, definitely very, very excited about it. And also, as you all may be, as Formula One fans, very excited about uh, this next half, the second and last half of the season. There are 12 races left and a lot online for sure. And as I always say, once again, thank you very much and see you in the next podcast.